welcome. I'm Jen Spencer, if we haven't met yet. Um, tonight we're talking about teacher preparation. Now, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you full disclosure here. I've taught um, most, most of my experiences in the classroom, um, but I, I do have homeschool experience as well. Um, but teacher preparation is something that homeschoolers don't seem to talk about quite as much as classroom teachers do. So uh, this is one of those things where a lot of times the homeschool world and the classroom world don't meet. Um, but there are things that the classroom world can learn from homeschoolers and there are things that homeschoolers can learn from the classroom world. So this is one of those connecting points where I really want to share um, some tricks of the trade or some um, best practices for um, planning without losing your mind because it can take over your life. So the hard thing about planning, and I hear this, I don't hear it so much with classroom teachers because that's their job, right? Um, but with homeschool parents, what I hear a lot is I don't have time to plan. Like there's just so much going on. I'm trying to juggle my household finances, keeping my husband happy, um, taking the kids to baseball practice, taking care of an infant, um, caring for an elderly relative. I mean, we have chronic health issues. Like there are so many things that um, are competing for your time. They're competing for your attention. Whereas when I went into the classroom, 100% of my attention was on my job between 8.30 and 3.30, right? It's just a little, it's a lot different rhythm. Um, so what are you to do? Um, you have so many things pulling on your time, so many things pulling on your mental energy. Um, I want to, first of all, it, it, this isn't going to be some didactic, you need to plan and this is the right way to do it. Um, I just want to maybe articulate some things that are probably happening um, in your life so that, you know, if you know what it is, then it may, somehow makes it easier to deal with in the moment. So I'll talk first about different planning personalities. And I have um, two extremes here. One is the over planner and one is the under planner. Now the over planner, you might think to yourself, how is it possible to over plan, like to be overly prepared for something? Um, that seems, you know, oxymoronic a little bit. Uh, but there, this would, this would include people who are really perfectionistic. Like they, um, there's a sort of mindset that if I can make things just so, then my day is going to always go as planned. My day is, uh, you know, we're, we're going to, everything's going to be great as long as I can, as long as I can get everything organized. The under planner um, typically has a, a very laid back personality. Um, these are people who do really well flying by the seat of their pants because that's just, that's the way they live their lives. There is nothing wrong with either one of these things, but uh, with the personalities, you have to work with your personality. You, you may be one, you may be the other, you may be a mixture of the two, or you may fall somewhere in between. So what I want to talk to you today about is balance, because if you, if you go to one extreme or the other, your life can feel out of balance very quickly. So with over planning, I've seen this, I've worked with a lot of teachers um, over the years and the ones that, the ones that tend to be perfectionists and want things just so they were the ones who were at school at 6 30 in the morning and they didn't leave until nine o'clock at night um 
they took things home with them every single day, every single weekend, every vacation. Uh, you know, they had things to do for school. And you can see how that would cause exhaustion because we're just, we're finite creatures and we only have so much of us to go around. Um, so a lot of times that results in a lack of self-care because we're so hyper-focused on have to get school just right. It can cause problems in your relationship. Um, if your husband um, or wife, spouse um, feels that they are being neglected, like too much of your time and attention is going to school and you're neglecting other areas of living. And believe it or not, when, when you are so persnickety about everything has to be just so, your kids are going to be less engaged because it can feel a bit like they're being micromanaged or like there's nothing really left for them to do. Like mom did everything. So, um, so if you go too far on one extreme, this is kind of what you can expect to happen. So if you're noticing these things in your life, it may be an indicator that you need to pull back and spend less time on school. That's uh, probably not what you were expecting to hear today, but um, again, every, we want everything in balance. If you are a chronic under planner, and I, I'll be completely honest here and say, this is where I fall. <laughs> this is like my default mode. I'm very, uh, very comfortable flying by the seat of my pants. I have no notes for this, uh, for this webinar. Um, and so um, this is kind of where I live, but over my years in teaching, what I found was if I didn't plan well, I could expect, number one, the kids pick up on it. If they feel like Miss Spencer's not ready for this lesson, then they're looking for something to do to fill in the seconds um, until until I am ready for that lesson. And so you end up with more behavior issues um, because the kids are just looking for something to do. You feel scattered, you feel more stress, um, you're shorter tempered, um, maybe, maybe snippy at the kids. Um, and you lose a lot of learning opportunities. Uh, you, you just don't use your time as well when you're having to, oh gosh, I, I needed this map for this lesson. Let me go make a copy real quick. Um, oh shoot, I was supposed to buy this supply for this lab and I forgot. Um, I've said in other webinars before that I think if I were growing up now, I would probably be diagnosed with ADHD. This is just kind of what I deal with. Um, but you can learn uh, rhythms. You can, you can develop habits that make this better. And so I'll talk a little bit about what I've found through uh, long, hard, difficult lessons uh, about under planning. What we really want is not to live at either of those extremes. The word of the day is intention. Whatever you're going to do, just do it with intention. Um, so you have some things that are required. There's just work that goes with teaching. There just is, and that's what we all signed on for. Teaching is hard work, but we also have other demands on us. We have a family, we, we have a marriage to take care of, we have kids to take care of, we have um, neighbors, we have church, we have all these you know, community activities, and we need to take care of ourselves, eat well, exercise, things like that. So if you're hyper-focused on taking care of school and letting those things fall by the wayside, then what you probably need to work on is establishing really firm boundaries around your time. Um, I think it was Warren Buffett who said that the, the most successful people 
And the most empathetic people, the most compassionate people are the people who have boundaries of steel. So, um, just personal story. Uh, I decided a long time ago that school was not going to be my entire life. It will be if you let it, absolutely. It'll take over every second. But um, I just decided, no, I'm not gonna go to school at 6.30 in the morning and I'm not gonna stay until nine o'clock at night. I will stay for meetings and I will do what I need to do, but I'm, I'm gonna not make my kids stay at school with me for two or three hours after school. I'm just not gonna do it. It's not fair to them. And so um, what that meant for me, and I wasn't gonna take a whole bunch of stuff home because I just, I put that boundary there, like work stays at work, home is at home. And so, um, one of the boundaries that I put in place was I set my phone to um, do not to automatically come on to do not disturb at six o'clock every day uh, because I did want to make myself available to the parents of the kids that I was teaching but I didn't you know, I wanted some time when I didn't want to have to be on all the time. And so setting my phone to come automatically on do not disturb at six o'clock. And I just put it out there. I just told people, if you just tell people what your boundaries are, typically they're very respectful of them. Um, but, um, and I, I actually still do that. It, my phone still goes on do not disturb at six o'clock because this job could take over my entire life if I let it. Um, so that's one thing that you might do. And if you're not familiar with how do not disturb works, um, you can set your favorites in your phone. So like my mom can always call me. My kids can always call me. My husband can always call me. There are a few people that if there was an emergency, they could always get in touch with me, but I'm not taking work calls. Um, so if you run a co-op or something like that, you know how, how demanding that is on your time. You might wanna think about drawing that boundary. Um, now, if you, if you make the decision to draw a hard boundary like that, there's still work that has to be done. So what that meant for me, if, if I know I am not staying a minute past what I have to stay, I'm going home and I'm not taking anything with me. That means I have to maximize every second while I'm there and be 100% focused on my job. So I was not um, hanging out in the teacher's lounge sipping coffee or anything like that. Like I used every minute and many times was multitasking because I knew that was a boundary that I wanted to follow. Now your boundaries are going to look different because you're, you may not be in a classroom. So the boundaries that homeschool people typically um, tend to let things kind of get ahead of them or out, out of control, they seem to spiral a little bit with boundaries is being involved in activities because you feel like, oh gosh, my, we're at home, my kids aren't getting the socialization, um, maybe I don't feel comfortable teaching art or I wanna make sure that they, uh, they learn um, to be a team player and so we need to be involved in all the things we need to be involved in all the things the church activities the sports the lessons of all kinds and things like that can really um they take a lot of time and attention and so um you know that might be a boundary if you're feeling overwhelmed maybe you need to look at saying no a little bit when people come and say would you mind teaching Sunday school? <laughs> Would you mind running the Boy Scout troop? You know, sometimes we just have to say no um, because you, you do have things that are required for, for successful school days and you need to take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of anybody else. Um, so on the other side of that, people who struggle with discipline and I'll <laughs> 
um, you know, I have issues with both of these from time to time. Um, people who struggle with discipline, that would be my bigger issue, um, have a hard time keeping something going over a long period of time. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. This is um, uh, an indicator of ADHD. <laughs> so let's talk about what's included in planning. What do I mean when I say teacher planning? Because a lot of times people think, well, that means I, I have to read the books before my kids read the books. That's what teacher planning means. Um, that can be part of it, but that's not the, the whole shebang. So there's different stages of planning. You've got layers um, that, that kind of spiral down. So you start out with the big um, planning for the year and then break that down to planning by term, break it down further to planning by the week, break it down further to planning by the day. And even making adjustments in the moment, thinking about what you're going to do later in the day, that's still um, sort of planning. So some of the, the big early in the year decisions would be things like what courses are you going to take? If you're going to, if you're doing the soft launch, which courses are you going to leave off and what order are you going to try to add them? Um, making your schedule the hardest thing to do is make your schedule. Um, making sure that you have all the books and supplies that you need, organizing all those materials, and this is sort of where everybody's been living uh, as, uh, as far as I can see on the hive. People are just now really uh, dipping their feet into the, the actual school year. Up until this time, it's been mainly these first four things. Um, of course, when you get your books, you want to look through them. Um, some, some people have strong feelings about uh, what they want to see in books, and so some people do spend a lot of time reading exactly what's in there because they, they want to make sure that um, they're careful about what kinds of ideas their kids get. Uh, things like planning field trips looking through the lessons to see what content is going to be taught that year and thinking about what struggles kids might have um, with the content. Printing things and making copies, gathering your materials for your lessons, opening and previewing links, and then reflection is a big part of planning. We'll talk about reflection all the way through this and um, we'll end with talking about the reflective practice plan book a little bit. All these things are, are part of our job as teachers. So some of us, there are, just like there are different planning personalities, there are also different planning styles. One planning style is the sprinter. Now this is me. When I talk about, um, when I talked a minute ago about it's hard to maintain, it's hard to keep things going, this is what I'm talking about. Um, a sprinter is going to go really hard right out of the gate for a very short distance. <laughs> uh, so it's a, it's a big burst of energy up front and then it fizzles out and they don't go for very long. So um, if you are a sprinter, what you're gonna wanna do, because you know, as part of your personality, as part of your style, you are gonna come out of the gate strong. Your first week is gonna be phenomenal. <laughs> Second week is gonna be pretty good. By about the fifth week, you've kind of hit autopilot <laughs> a little bit. So um, if that sounds like you, then what we need to talk about is front loading your planning. If you know this about yourself and I know this about myself. So this is, this is what I did in the classroom. As much planning as possible I would do during the summer and between terms on breaks. Um, that meant that I could keep it together um, for the 11 weeks of the term with only some light maintenance. So 
here's sort of how I divide up the planning um, for myself. Of course, everybody's going to be deciding on their courses and all that during the summer, making their schedule, getting their books and all that. Um, but the sprinters are really going to spend a lot of time because they have a lot of energy before everything else starts. The sprinters, like me, are more comfortable doing one thing at a time and finishing it and then moving to something else rather than keeping a lot of balls in the air all the time. And so I would spend a lot of time during the summer um, looking through my books and, and looking to see what content I needed to work through myself. Um, and I, it, it is a lot of effort. It is a lot of time to do that, but um, I absolutely worked through, I worked through math as a student and I would spend you know, time in the summer or time between terms, looking ahead at the lessons and actually working through, at least skimming it. You don't have to do every problem, but at least looking at the content. And if it doesn't seem clear to you immediately, then do a couple of those problems as a student because that's gonna, that's gonna help you see where your students' potential problems are going to be. So you can think about what was difficult for you and that's going to help you teach the student better. So I did that with math. I had to do that with Latin. You can't learn, <laughs> you can't learn Latin right along. You just can't do it. Spanish is the same way. I had to, um, I had to stay at least a lesson or two ahead of, um, ahead of my kids in those subjects because I didn't have background in them. Uh, so as much of that kind of stuff as I could do in the summer, I want to do it in the summer because I'm going to lose momentum as, as you know, I'm juggling during the school year. I lose momentum for things like that. Uh, some people, I've got in here print and file images, maps, articles from all those links. That's something that I didn't, I didn't think of that. Somebody um, posted in the hive, I think it was last year, that she did that. She went to the master links page and she found every single link that she was going to need for the entire year or for the entire term and she opened it up, made a decision then, do I want to use this or not, and if she did and it was something that she could print out like a picture or a map or an article, she went ahead and printed it out filed it with her lesson plans, and then she didn't have to look up a link in the moment. That in the moment stuff is hard for us sprinters. Um, so that might be something that you want to do for yourself. That's going to cut down on what you have to do each week or each day. You can also go ahead and plan all your outings. Um, we actually give you ideas for outings in the extra helpings of different subjects. So if you're looking to start planning now, I know, you know, in the time of a pandemic, that's hard to do. But if you want some ideas, those are there for you. Um, and that keeps you from having to, again, juggle ha trying to call and make reservations and things like that. If you can get that done up front. So that means then, if you do most of that work in the summer before school even starts, uh, then between terms, you can kind of just re-familiarize yourself. Oh yeah, that's what's coming up this term. If you need to work on your Spanish, your Latin, <laughs> your math, whatever is hard for you, um, in between terms, you can do that. And then of course, reflecting. Reflecting on what went well last term, what didn't, um, and why. That's really important um, for you to give yourself feedback, really spend time thinking about those things. Uh, then where it really breaks down for us sprinters is with the weekly and the daily. Like once it gets into the, once we get into our rhythm, we really just wanna be able to open and go. So um, front loading all that work 
it, it makes sure that all I have to do on Friday afternoon, I can just look real quick to see what we're doing next week, what supplies are needed, quickly think about do I have those things or do I need to pick something up this weekend. Um, and then the daily, I gotta be honest, the daily was always a challenge for me, but I always, always, always found that my days went smoother if I took 10 minutes either at the end of the day to set up for the next day or 10 minutes before I started working with kids to gather all the books and all the materials for the day so that I didn't have to um, look for things in the moment because that's when things fall apart when you have to look for things in the moment. So those are sprinters. Then you have the marathon runners. Now, Honestly, I think this is probably the better model, but some of us really struggle with this, this level of consistency. Uh, it's just a personality thing. So a marathon runner conserves energy. They don't start out of the gate really strong. They go at a steady pace um, for a long period of time. So these are people who would take some time up front to make their decisions and have a general idea where the, um, the year is going. But they're really strong with daily planning and with weekly planning and with juggling a lot of things at once. They don't tend to get overwhelmed um, by having a lot of plates spinning at one time. So if this is you, um, probably you, you can sit by the pool more <laughs> over the summer. Once you've decided on your courses and made your schedule and you've ordered your books and supplies, you will probably be on top of organizing your materials and look through things a little bit. But um, you can see that most of your work is coming weekly. So these, these people are going to be well served um, taking, instead of taking you know, a huge chunk of time before school starts, they'll take smaller chunks of time uh, each week, you know, maybe set aside an hour or two each week to um, print what you need, to make your copies, preview things, uh, make sure you have your supplies. Um, when you're previewing your lessons, when I, I have think through potential problems, that just means if you feel if you look at a lesson and you have any kind of insight that oh that's going to be hard for daniel because um of whatever uh you can you can start to think about a backup plan or you can start to think about hmm, there may be a better way to present this to this child for whatever reason so um heading off problems before they occur is always better than trying to clean them up after they occur. So um, that's just part of that reflective practice piece. And then, you know, if you're, if you're not going to print things out and file them, you are going to open links every day. Um, it can be a real help to just go ahead and open them up in different tabs before the day even starts. And that way, when it's time to look at an image, you can just click that tab, there it is. And you don't have to wait for anything to load or anything like that. So those are just some, just some tips and tricks uh, that have just come with experience. But you have to be ready for when your plans do not go where you intend for them to go. <laughs> um, the best laid plans of mice and men. Uh, you're going to have some days that are better than others. You're going to have some days when things don't go well at all. And just like your students are going to have some days that don't go as planned and, and they are frustrated and disappointed. These, this is how you would like them to build resiliency and um, learn to deal with frustration and hardships. 
the first thing is to laugh. Laugh at yourself um, and go with the flow. I mean, that's one of the things that teachers have to be above all else is flexible because things are going to happen. The baby's going to throw up. I mean, there are, there's a myriad of things that could happen. Somebody falls and skins a knee and now you've got, you know, you lose 15 minutes because you've got to, uh, you know, put some peroxide on it and soothe the crying and, you know, get everybody settled back down. Um, there are going to be times when you have appointments and things where, you know, it interrupts what you had planned for yourself. But it's okay because tomorrow's another day. As long as you're doing your best, um, you're all right. So some things that you can do when you hit a snag during the day. Let your vulnerability show with your kids. I can't stress how important that is for kids to see you make mistakes and for you to model how you uh, come back from a mistake. Just say, oh man, we're gonna have to do this one later, guys. I forgot to get a styrofoam ball. We'll go this afternoon and we'll do this lesson tomorrow. Um, it's, just, it's just good modeling for your kids. You can also, uh, if you forgot to make a copy or print something out, just because you have a schedule doesn't mean you have to be a slave to your schedule. Um, I told you I was very comfortable kind of flying by the seat of my pants. I did take time every single year to create a schedule. I never followed it. Um, <coughs> what I would do instead, first of all, I, you might be wondering why would you create a schedule and then not follow it? It's because I wanted, I did want to think through the things that we ask you guys to think through. Um, will this fit in a day? Uh, what should I do on which days to spread things out evenly? Uh, how do I need to organize my classes so that my kids aren't sitting quietly too long? So all of those considerations that uh, are in my alviary for creating your schedule. I did want to go through all of those, think through all of those things. But once I had thought through them, I would come in in the morning and I would put, I would open up my lesson plan book and I would just write on the board a list of the things that we needed to do that day. Um, I also had the schedule on my wall so the kids knew which subjects came on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but I just taught them from the beginning to be okay with being flexible um, because yes, it says we're going to do Bible and then we're going to do math, but there may be some times when uh, we need to take advantage of an opportunity, say. So, so instead of doing math, um, maybe we're going to set up a time to, um, you know, go and read with um, younger kids or, I don't know, you know, there's a, there's an eclipse and we want to go see it or that, you know, there's all kinds of reasons that you would, you would switch things around in the day. But I also um, would watch my kids, even though on paper, it didn't look like they would be sitting too long at a time when I notice their attention starting to lag or when I noticed that they were getting antsy, that was my cue. Okay. They've been sitting too long and yep, we're supposed to read history next, but they're not going to show up for that lesson if I do it right now. So instead of that, we are going to go outside and do folk dancing instead. And then once they've got their wiggles out, we'll come back in and we'll read history and that lesson will go better. So rearranging the order of your lessons is perfectly fine. Another thing you might have to do is just skip that lesson, make it up later. Um, I have done this on more than one occasion, take an afternoon or even a whole day to regroup. Um, if things were feeling 
out of control. If, if the classroom was a mess and we were having trouble finding things, um, there were afternoons when I would say, all right, guys, you are going for the next hour to play games. And the, of course they loved it. And I could watch them while I was doing some catching up on some things that I needed to catch up on again, because I had those boundaries in place. I didn't want to have to, you know, stay after school for an hour or two, um, or I would get them even to, to help me organize some things or tidy up some things because that was, you know, that was a space that we shared and we all benefited from things being tidy and organized. Um, you have more flexibility than I did because you are at home. So if you just need to take the day and say, kids, we're not going to do school today. Mom is going to get back into these lesson plans and get back on top of things because you just kind of don't feel like you have it together. Um, so that's, that's legal. You can do that. And then above all things, just let it go. Just let it go. Try again tomorrow. Just like you want your kids to do. Let it go and try again tomorrow. So some of the tools that we provide you for planning. Um, these are three things. If you have not seen these yet, please go and look at these things. Um, the Guide to Effective Planning and Implementation has all kinds of guidance in there about um, how, to, how to create your school calendar, um, how to read the lesson plans, what do all the symbols mean in the lesson plans, um, those kinds of things. So if you're feeling like you're scattered and you don't know where things are or how things work, that's the document that you need to go to, the Guide to Effective Planning and Implementation. If you are still learning about Mason's methods, or if you want to know how we interpret some of Mason's methods, then you can go to the member tutorial of the Charlotte Mason method, and you can read up on how do you do copy work? What, what does that mean? Um, what is a citizenship notebook and uh, how do I keep one? Or, uh, you know, what's the, what's the, overarching you know how does how does math go from form one to form six like big picture things like that so that's the member tutorial that's available on the website and then the reflective practice plan book um, I feel like well I've heard people say wow this this one is a game changer what this document is doing is not only helping you reflect on Mason's methods and practices, but it's teaching you how to be a good teacher. What are the things that you need to think about in order to be an excellent educator? Uh, and so I would encourage all of you to download that reflective practice plan book. Term two is going to be posted tomorrow. We just finished that one today. So, um, so do look into those. So that's the end of my presentation. So what I'm going to do now at 640. Oh goodness, there's 29 things in the chat box. <laughs> I have not been looking at that. Usually I watch that for other people. Um, <laughs> yes, they had my phone number. Um, <laughs> That's that was about building community and relationships. Uh, okay, so we've got some self awareness happening. I think I might be a sprinter. Okay, uh, marathoning is because you have more character. Okay, <laughs> um, I've been opening the tabs the 10 minutes after school for the next day. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely makes a difference. Uh, so why don't we, I'm just going to skim these. You feel like you need to do both to be, to feel prepared. Yes. 
boundaries and burnout. Boundaries and burnout are, uh, burnout is a problem when boundaries are a problem, for sure. Um, so, I heard somebody say once, and th this was about budgeting money. I've compared budgeting time to budgeting money in, this, in one of the scheduling videos, but um, somebody said once, take a look at your finances, where your money is going to see if that represents your values. And maybe that's what we need to do. Because again, I'm, just, I'm thinking about that graphic with the lady that was juggling. You have people who are demanding things from you um, but where you spend your minutes needs to reflect your values. So maybe taking some time to think about what your values are and organizing your time accordingly. You may, you know, it, I find that life, life has got to have more ands, no, more ors than ands. The more ands I have, I'm going to do this and this and this and this, the more out of whack, out of balance my life becomes. And so um, if you think about, you know, filling up your plate, you can't add something without taking something away. It's just like with a budget. You can't, you can't buy a new car and be on the hook for $300 a month um, without you know, letting something go, an equal amount go. Otherwise, you get upside down in your budget. And when you get upside down in your time budget, that's when you get burned out. And so it's worth it. It feels bad. It feels bad to say no. Um, but it's one of those things I think you just have to learn to be a finite creature, to be okay with being a finite creature. Uh, Okay, so Emily says, we started this sort of flexibility within the schedule when we had a family emergency last spring. My kids loved it so much that I let them schedule their subjects within the day. I still determine the days. I think that's a great idea, especially the older kids. If they know what they need to do, then they can choose the order that they do them in, and that's perfectly fine. Um, that worked great for me. Now, I know some people cannot operate that way. They need to know. And I know some kids that need to know what needs to happen next. Um, so if that's you, if that's your kid, and you need a timer to make sure that you're done in 20 minutes so that you can move on to the next thing, um, yeah, I'm not going to tell you you're doing it wrong. If it's working for you, it's working for you. That never worked for me. Uh, Oh no, Julie, Julie's feeling burned out already uh, in week four. Julie, I would say take a day or two off and reassess, regroup um, and get out in front of, you know, what, what's coming up for the rest of the term. That would be my best advice. And then take some time after exams. Whoa, Andrea, you're on week 10. You're one of the reasons we're posting exams tomorrow. <laughs> uh, exam documents tomorrow. Um, you've already had to take a day off to regroup. It's all right. Yeah, I just tell myself if we get through the first few weeks, it'll be so much better. It will, in many ways, you definitely find your rhythm. You get more efficient at things. You get more comfortable with the structure of the lesson plans. Everybody feels lost at the beginning, just trying to get a handle on how these lesson plans work. But once you find your rhythm, you will find that you get more done in a day and um, things become automated and you have uh, fewer issues, especially if you spend if you invest a lot of time up front in establishing routines and habits um, but you will find 
uh, and I wrote about this in the reflective practice book for term two, that in term two, in the winter time, things do tend to, uh, <laughs> um, that, that climb between Christmas and spring break, between Christmas and Easter is always hard. Um, so, you know, each period in the school year uh, has its own unique challenges. All right, we always start smoothly. I'm exhausted and then we have a challenging week with the kids. And after that, we all get into our groove. All right, so if you haven't found your groove yet, just wait. <laughs> I have to keep at it through the first few weeks. Yeah, that's great that um, you guys are, are helping each other out here, learning from each other. Well, thank you. You're looking good, Jen. <laughs> um, every 30 minutes, wrote out what I was doing. Very tedious, but very revealing. Okay, so you, you were, um, Megan, you were just trying, kind of like keeping receipts to figure out where your pennies are going. You kept a running list to see where your minutes were going. I bet you did have some really good insights from that. I've never done that. Um, I'd be interested though, to know what you found out about yourself. All right, I am good at saying no to others. Good for you, but not to myself. You're not good at saying no to yourself. Huh, I've just given my daughter to my husband for math and I'm amazed at how good this has been. It not only freed up some time, but lots of mental space. Yes, yes, delegate. <laughs> um, and if you, if you can't delegate to your husband, um, maybe get together with a friend and, um, you know, I mean, I think that's why co-ops work so well because you can kind of spread the burden a little bit. But yeah, it's important it, not only for your husband to um, kind of share the load of homeschooling, but also that's relationship building um, with you know him and your daughter. So that's good. Good, good things all around. All right, Amy, I think the biggest mistakes homeschoolers make is doing too much and getting their kids into too many activities. Yes, Amy, yes, preach. Um, you'll have so much more time and be able to fit it all in. Less is more, yes. They're not missing. Yeah, man, our culture, we have such a fear of missing out. <laughs> um, and that's, that's just not healthy. That's not how we were designed to live. That's not abundant living. <laughs> it's the first year I'm not burned out, probably because all our outside activities were canceled. Daniela, if you are not feeling burned out and you're thinking it's because all your outside activities were canceled, maybe it's time to permanently cancel some outside activities. <laughs> Um, yep, prep makes for a smoother year, makes for smoother days too. I have found this year that implementing one area as a new habit from this school year has given me more buoyancy. Hmm. I may be weird in my personality or wired in my personality one way, but there's always room for me to improve. This year I'm writing the day before on the board, the following day's schedule, yeah. After school is out, it helps me think through any adjustments from my written lesson plans due to that day's experience. I also use the phrase in my room when I make a mistake too. Silly Miss Kathy, I forgot blank. Yeah, showing vulnerability with people. Mm-hmm. I'm a sprinter, however, learning more about Charlotte Mason seems to promote more of a marathon. Terry, I've been at it 25 years and I can't make myself into a marathon 
runner. That's not, I mean, I developed habits that helped me work within my personality. It's just like, um, just like kids with learning differences have to learn to accommodate for those in some way and they use whatever tools are available to them. For me, it's organizational tools um, and it's doing really well up front, front loading things. That's really the only thing that worked for me was front loading things. But you're probably right that, you know, may, maybe it is habit formation, but I don't know what to tell you. I just never could make it work for myself. But I know when I was in school, I was studying early childhood education and we had a lab school on campus. Um, and one of the things that impressed me was that they did planning every day. Like when the kids went home, two teachers that were in there sat down and they reflected on the day what went well what didn't they looked ahead to the next day they talked about things to adjust they laid everything out so that everything was picture perfect for the kids to come in the next day and it did i mean it went really smoothly um and and when uh, when the kids were doing whatever they were doing they walked around with clipboards and they were making notes about um an academic discovery that Susie made and um, uh, Freddie is playing dolls with um, Josie today, uh, you know, little anecdotal notes like that. And they would put them all in, into these notebooks and, and that's how they did their assessment. It, it was wonderful, but are you kidding? Like, <laughs> how do you do, how do you do that? Yeah, they, they were like a walking mother's journal. Um, it did look, it looked exhausting, Jennifer, but I'm sure that their results were really stellar, but that would, I mean, for me, that is really pushing over to this is going to take over your entire life. And I don't think it's good for anything to take over your entire life. <laughs> um, So what are some things that you, it sounds like a lot of you are sprinters and that might be why you're, you are here because the marathon runners maybe kind of have things under control. <laughs> um, so what are some of the, the strategies that you guys use? Some things that if you know that, that you lose interest, lose some interest after a while, then how do you, um, how do you deal with that so that you don't um, lose precious minutes and, and your homeschool is not in complete chaos? Get enough sleep, yes. I think that's related too, to, um, to keeping things in balance. Because I know those teachers that I worked with um, that stayed at school till nine o'clock and still, uh, took things home, they weren't sleeping. <laughs> offloading, you know, Emily, offloading, it's not offloading, it's delegating, it's teaching responsibility, right? So you're, you're teaching your older children responsibilities when they, when, you know, they can take responsibility for a younger sibling um, so that you don't have to do everything. I think that's great. Also teaching your kids how to really be a contributor with household work um, so that you don't, you know, everything is not on your shoulders. Um, you're really working together as a team. We did that actually in the classroom as well because we didn't have a janitorial staff. So it was either the teachers have to clean everything or guess what guys, we're gonna learn chores. <laughs> so, um, Oh, goodness. Let's see. I've been using book darts to mark the next passage we read next as soon as we finish the lesson before closing the book. It's easy because the lesson plan and book are already open. Yep. Um, building on that, I know some people 
to make things really simple, they print off that one page that has the grid of 12 lessons, print that off, fold it in half and stick it in the book that goes with those lesson plans. Then they just look at their schedule and um, they know history's coming up next. It's supposed to be world history. They go get that book, open it up. They've used their lesson plan as a bookmark. Um, so, you know, the downside of that is it would be really easy to not do any planning if, if, the, if your stuff is in there, unless you're going to get your books out and look at those lesson plans ahead of time, which I really, I really, you get better results when you do that. So if you're able to do that, um, I would highly recommend it. Uh, from the reflective practices this term, requiring the past meal to be cleaned up before anyone can eat anything more, <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah, so kind of cleaning as you go, keeping things tidy, not letting things get out of control, good. I employed my 10-year-old to read to my six-year-old and then he comes to me to narrate, excellent. That's giving the 10-year-old read aloud practice. That's that's a, that's what you call killing two birds. Uh, even with my younger kids, the ones who can almost read are teaching letters to the young ones to occupy them. Yes, that's an excellent idea. I'm working on developing boundaries around my prep time each day so that I can be done with my school stuff by dinner time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have to put boundaries down. That is probably the hardest boundaries to put down are the ones for your kids and your spouse. <laughs> like, I need this two hours um, uninterrupted um, is hard, but it's, it's crucial. I don't know if this has been discussed. I'm a hot mess tonight. I'll go back and watch the beginning later. But what is the best suggestion for an unmedicated ADHD intuitive type spaz of mom with an infant and several kids? I'm a complete mess in my planning and I'm soft launching. Well, I'm glad you're soft launching. Um, I would call myself, I wouldn't call myself a spaz, but I would definitely call myself an ADHD intuitive. I'm just quiet in my ADHD. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, go back and watch the beginning uh, because we, we talk about sort of those, those different personalities. Um, you are probably a sprinter if you have ADHD and you need to front load some things so that the day-to-day, -day, you don't have to juggle so many things. That's hard for people with ADHD. Um, and having a baby, girl, go easy on yourself. Like, go easy on yourself. Let some stuff go and don't even apologize for it. This is a season. I have set hours to prepare and I force myself not to be sidetracked so I get done what I need to do. Then I get a reward. Very good, Amy. Um, yeah, that's, I, that's the way I was. My reward was getting to leave school on time and not having to take things home. Uh, so, you know, I could, I could stay focused to get everything done that I needed to get done so that I could go home. Um, making weekend prep time a non-negotiable. Wherever you put it, Lila, yeah, it's set aside a time and make it non-negotiable. She says it's been a game changer. It will. And if you don't, if you've never done it, try an experiment, just try it for one week. Take a day off school, plan the next week meticulously. Make sure that you have all your supplies, read everything ahead of time, and see how different your week is next week. You will be shocked. Now you'll have to scale back from that because you most people can't live that way all the time, but, um, but at least you'll know what you're missing and, and it will make you a bit more conscientious to try to carve out some planning time. Even if you can't do it all, doing some is better than doing none. Um, 
instant pot yeah instant pot crock pots yeah doing that kind of meal planning where it's quick and easy like that is great um all right it's 701 so we're gonna have to to cut things i'm just skimming people are talking about planning time over the years, I find I must create space for myself, for both mother culture, to feed my soul with something that gives me life, but to have a phone call conversation or a monthly participation in a mom's homeschool group or a small group mom time to share and encourage each other. We are so hard on ourselves and we should list um, what's going right and going well. Very good. Yeah. Excellent advice, Kathy. All right, well, we've reached the end of the road. Um, you can save these chats. Let me do that. I'll save this chat and see if I can figure out how to post it. <laughs> Another thing I'm thinking about is posting the audios. I've never saved the audios before, but I know a lot of people are wanting to listen like a podcast. so. We're gonna try that this week, see how that works out. All right, well, you guys have a great night and challenge yourself to do some more planning and let us know how it goes and we can continue this conversation in the hive. You guys have a great night.